Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. What is up, my friends? It is Thursday. It is the Late Night Agenda, and I hope that you are all well this evening. We have lots to go through. Yes, FSG have finally taken on investment for Liverpool Football Club, but don't get your hopes up. Jürgen won't be seeing any of that money. We also have a couple of other bits and pieces to go through with you guys tonight, and already, of course, we start to look ahead to the game against Spurs on Saturday, a massive game for Jürgen's boys in the Premier League. So, let me just say, firstly, thank you for being with us tonight we appreciate your support on the channel as always jc galvaniel straight in five gifted memberships we love that mate thank you very much buddy great start to the stream they've been gifted to uh craig hawkins to kim pedersen to will register to justin smith and there was someone else there somewhere and i can't see where it's gone to but there was a fifth one yeah, I don't know where the fifth one's gone, but thank you, JC Galvaniel, as always, my man. Appreciate your uh, your kindness. So are we all good? Are we enjoying life? Because I tell you what, I am, as a Liverpool fan right now. Can't complain, can we, to the start of the season we've had? Almost perfect, just that little draw at Chelsea, but apart from that, it's been tickety-boo. Uh, we know you're reading these, Craig. I'm always reading, always, bud. Whenever I'm uh, watching the stream... Or setting up the stream or doing bits and pieces. I'm always reading the comments before we start. A couple of bits and pieces that I just want to fill you in on. We did just put a video up on top of the league that I'd love you guys to go and check out after the stream. We've basically just asked the question, is Ivan Tony going to be a kingmaker? And by that I mean, will he be a difference maker to the uh, the two clubs in particular that I mentioned in the video? Will he push them on to greater things? We'd love to know your thoughts on it, so do give that a watch if you get a chance. I've also just recorded the tactical breakdown for members. As part of your membership, I did promise that I will be giving you guys a little breakdown the day after the games of how i seen the game against Leicester in this case. So that will be ready for members to watch as well as part of your membership, so thank you for that. And I will be recording the Spurs preview uh, tonight to go out tomorrow. Mad that I have to do that already. The night after a game and I'm already having to do a preview, but I'm not going to complain. I love when the games come thick and fast for the Reds. 
So, FSGL straight in from Roger. I love that, Roger. And I'm with you. You know I'm with you, mate. You know I've got not got much um, much hope for FSG at the club. I've not got much kindness for them either. Uh, David Newell was the other gifted sub. Thank you for that, Mark, for filling me in on that one. I did miss who the other one was from. So, look, I've got loads to go through tonight. We're going to talk about the investment into Liverpool Football Club. We're going to have a little look at Watoro Endo and a few other bits and pieces as well. Uh, Taylor Damon, welcome to Anfield Agenda Ultras, my friend. Appreciate your support. And as a member of Anfield Agenda Ultras, buddy, you will, of course, be eligible to join a Discord group. If you need the link to be refreshed or anything, just let us know. Um, that should be showing up for you on the membership tab once you refresh. So, we will talk about the investment, but I just want to wait for the chat to get to its peak before we do that, so we don't have to bore you all with the same details over and over again. Uh, so we'll start off with a little bit of fun tonight. I read an article today which, which made me laugh, because I don't know if this was done for shithousery or if it was just coincidental. But let me read it out to you and see what you guys think and see what your opinion is. So the article read, Liverpool's AXA training centre is adorned with images and quotes on the walls of some of the greatest knights of Jurgen Klopp's era. But one particular likeness of former captain Jordan Henderson has now been removed following his departure to al Etifak in Saudi Arabia. Uh, while previously the picture was of Henderson clasping the Premier League trophy in 2020, in its place now is a picture of Trent Alexander-Arnold with the Champions League in hand alongside the quote, I'm just a normal lad from Liverpool whose dreams have just come true. So you can read into that whatever you wish. It is of course totally open to interpretation, but I know what I read into it. I very much read into it that it was bye-bye, time to remove him, you made your bed, go lie in it. Now we put the all the energy into Trent and his future. And I'm all for it. But let me know if you agree or disagree with that around Jordan Henderson. Or if you think maybe it's just a coincidence. I personally don't believe in coincidences, but maybe you do. Uh, Colin, thank you for the super chat, mate. Said, hey, cutie, hope you've had a good day. It's been all right, dude. I still can't hear out this ear, though. The mucus just still isn't going away. Uh, mine has been shit, but you know that already. I hate being injured. Glad to be here with you now, though. Love you. Love you too, mate. Thank you very much for your kindness. And I'm sorry to hear that you haven't had a great day. I hope it picks up for you from this point on. Um, Liz said, how is the new Ginger Ninja? I haven't used it personally yet, Liz. My wife used it today, though. But don't worry, I am getting the tip X out. And where it says Ninja, I am going to be writing the word Ginger beside it. And I say this very bravely without any fear whatsoever, Liz, because Sabrina's not in the house at the minute. So I think I've gotten away with it. You know what I mean? She'll get me later on, though. She always does. Bye-bye, said Craig Gatland. Ha-ha, uh, said Zach F. Look, that's a published article, mate. You know, it's, it's there. It happened. And... Uh, what do you think about it? Do you think it's uh, shithousery or do you think it's purely coincidental? I really hope we get Andre in January, said Trevor Mulgrave. So do I, mate. So do I. Uh, Craig always puts a smile on my face, said George. Thank you, George. Appreciate that, mate. Fresh from your work at Asda. Well done. And I don't mean you work in Asda. Obviously, I'm not trying to be little you. I'm just trying to be a smart arse and talk about George by Asda. But maybe that's gone over people's heads. And maybe it's just a crap joke on my behalf. I never wanted uh, Mason, but yes, Dom all day. Did you guys see, actually, that um, that Jude Bellingham posted a picture of a rocket with uh, Dominic Sobitzlai? So, Jude knows what's up. 
But dude, you could have been part of it, dude. You could have been alongside Dominic Sobitzlai scoring rockets together for Liverpool, but you chose a different path, and that's okay. I respect it, but we've got Dom, and I'm very, very happy that we do. Well, Craig, let's not get crazy. Can't say Sobitzlai is better than El Nino, yeah? How dare you? We can we can absolutely hype him up to the nines. Uh, there was a beautiful image, though, mate, where... And I, I don't know if you've seen this or not. Somebody did a still side-by-side -side of him and Gerrard. You know, the way they've stroked... The, the way they struck the ball and the way they celebrated after a goal. And it took me back. It took me back to the days of Stevie G doing exactly that. Picking up the ball at the edge of the box and rock it into the top corner. What a strike from Dominic Soboslai. Absolutely phenomenal. In fact... All of her goals were pretty good. You know, Diogo Jota's little flick was well, was filth, wasn't it? It was just so casual, so well executed. And it was a lovely moment as well for Jarrell Kwanzaa to be able to get the assist as well. The assist that is very good performance deserved. Now, before I move on to talk about the investment, you do know that I, I have a little bee in my bonnet, right? You know that I have a little thing with Sky and their player ratings. Do you want to hear Sky's player ratings for the game against Leicester? And then you can decide for yourself why Stevie Wonder is doing them. But these are their player ratings. Cuevin Kelleher, they gave a 6. Curtis Jones, they gave a 7. Ibrahim Akanade, they gave a 6. Gerald Kwanzaa, a 7. Costa Simicus, a 6. But here's the one that really made my blood boil. Here's the one that really made me ask the question, did they actually watch the game? Endo got a 6. Yes, that's right. Endo, Watoro Endo, your man of the match, got a six from Sky. I don't know if they're actually watching the games. I don't, because how can anybody have watched that game and given Endo a score of six out of ten? Gravenberg got a seven, so they thought Gravenberg had a better game than Endo. Elliot got a seven. I think he, Elliot was robbed. I think he should have got higher. Ben Doak got a six. So they reckon Endo and Doak were on the same level in that game. Make that make sense. Ben Doak didn't have a great game. That's okay. He'll come again. He's learning. Diogo Jota got a six. Gakpo got a seven. How on earth are you giving Endo a six, Sky? Come on. Just tell us you're not watching the game. Just tell us you're just plucking these numbers out of your backside. Because nobody, and I mean nobody, that watched that game would give Watoro Endo a score, Endo a score of six out of ten. It's absolute robbery of the highest order. Disgusting. And you need to be better. Because you know what I always do, right? I do my player ratings. And then I go around and I look at other people's player ratings. Just to see if I'm completely off the wall. Or if, you know, my thoughts are similar to the Echoes. To the likes of Skies. And usually, myself and the Echo, we're not too far away with our player ratings. But Sky, they're in a world of their own. I don't know what Sky are at. I really can't get it. Sky hate Liverpool, said Roger. Uh, Gravenberg, an absolute joy to watch, said George, silky smooth techers. I mean, I, I, I don't think we have the same view of Gravenberg just yet. I think Gravenberg still has quite a way to go. You can see all the ingredients there, though. I will give you that one. Uh, Sky, just love United, I swear, said Seaboy. Uh, I hate Sky, said James Hurley. I mean, how can you give him that score? And remember, this is fresh from them giving Joe Gomez a 6 out of 10. Where we were giving him eights and nines, the Echo were giving him eights and nines, and they gave him a six as well in the previous game. It's it's just it's embarrassing for Sky at this point, in all honesty. 
Uh, Andrew Webb, thank you very much for your comment, buddy. He said, we definitely need a centre-back in January concerned with conceding goals. Yes. Now, look, I think the goal we conceded against Leicester was more to do with there not being no VAR, if I'm being honest with you, for two reasons. I think there was a foul on Costas. Now, even if there wasn't, and if you disagree, fair enough, I understand, it is a bit subjective. But I also want to know whether the Leicester player was offside when that ball was played. Now, in the grand scheme of things, this doesn't make any difference, right? Liverpool went on to win the game. But it just goes to show you that sometimes VAR can have its uses. And I don't know about you, but I felt like the Leicester goal, it could have been touch and go for offside, but we'll never know, I guess. Taylor Damon said, it's backwards, donkey logic, like the brains of Sky that drive people insane. How Endo got a six from Sky is ridiculous. He had an incredible game. He did, Taylor. And for our man of the match vote, which you guys voted for, and look, I'll be really honest. For me, I thought Harvey Elliott probably deserved man of the match yesterday. But Endo would have been very close second, in my opinion. But when we put it to the chat, and we did a poll for it, and we had over 5,000 votes... You guys, what I think if my memory's right, with 48% said that Watoro Endo was the man of the match. And and that, you know, you can't have that many people, right? 5,000 people that voted. And nearly half of them going with Endo. And then Sky giving him a six. It just doesn't make sense. Craig, you look yummy this evening. Well, thank you, Paul. I'll take it. Um, I'm finally starting to feel a little bit human again after um, a really iffy week being up and down with uh, a bit of a flu so feeling a bit normal how do we stop conceding first I, I honestly just feel we were unlucky with how we conceded yesterday because if you look at it it wasn't a defensive mistake it wasn't people out of position it was it was just Costas having his pocket pinched you know, and after that, we just didn't have the numbers. Leicester had three on one and, you know, the, the finish of the goal was good as well. So I'm not overly concerned about how we conceded yesterday. But you are right. We do, you know, we can only come back from a goal down so many times. You don't want to be doing that against Spurs at the weekend. You don't want to be making your job harder. No funds for transfers. You've spent plenty. We haven't, though. Like... I don't buy that, that we've spent plenty. we spent less again this summer than United, less than Arsenal, less than Chelsea, less than many other clubs. We just happen to spend our money a bit more wisely than some of those. And on that, let's have a talk now about the investment because this is the big news of today. FSG have taken on an investment from, uh, I think it's, it's certainly an American-based firm. I think they may be from New York. But it's Dynasty is the name of the investment firm that have come on board. Now, don't get too excited about it because it's believed that this is somewhere between $100 and $200 million investment. And, of course, that investment won't be given to Jurgen Klopp to free up the transfer kitty money. No, 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 no. This investment is to pay off the losses over COVID and also to, you know, pay down some of the debt associated to the club. Now... I could be very wrong with this. So I'm asking the question sincerely. When we took on money from Jerry Cardinal or elsewhere previously, did we or did we not hear that some of that money was being used to pay down and recover the losses from COVID? Am I wrong or did we hear that? Because I think we did. And if we did hear that, 
then what the fuck? Because how has it taken all of this time? Think back to how long it was that David Ornstein said Liverpool were potentially up for sale. And we went from that to Liverpool not being up for sale to Liverpool looking to take on a minority investor with a strategic partnership. Now, I don't know exactly what it is that Dynasty do. I don't know how much strategic progress they're going to give us. But what I can say is 100 to 200 million is not a lot of money (coughs) in the grand scheme of things. Now, there was a really good comment on The Athletic that I want to read out because I think this gives a good insight into this investment. So this person, Michael M is his name. And again, I can't credit him more than that because I don't know him. He said, while clearing our outstanding debt is fine and good, that doesn't strike me as the real purpose of this transaction. Nobody takes a year to find a 2% investor. The real purpose was finding somebody to invest at a $5 billion plus valuation. That now sets the mark for future investors purchasing parts of the club. I think that Michael has absolutely nailed it. This couldn't have taken this long to bring in 100 to 200 million dollars. Absolutely no chance in hell that I'm buying that. None. I think Michael's nailed it. I think this is to set a precedent. This is to set a mark for the valuation that FSG see the club at. So for me, it's very underwhelming that we've waited all this time for an investment only to hear that the investment isn't going to really help Jurgen Klopp in the transfer market. And again, I'm going to reiterate the question. Did we or did we not hear from them before that other investments were to help with the losses sustained during the pandemic? I think we did. Where's the Casado money? We were ready to pay $140 million for him, said Ali Noos. Um, this is their payback for those loans, said Rich. Where's the money, John? Where's the money, said Craig Gatland. Um, it's to pay for the stand improvement. So if it's to pay for the stand improvement, what's the increased revenue from the stand going to pay for? Because remember, that's that's the, uh, the carrot that we get here all the time ahead of the stick. That yes, the money for, and it's 85 million, I think, for the Annie Road end, that that money would be, brought back from increased hospitality tickets, which of course there's going to be. So I just feel a little bit like it's been a bait and switch. And that's why the title of tonight's thumbnail is bait and switch. Because once again, we've been led to believe or given the false promise of one thing. And when it arrives, it's very different. So it's far from under-promising and over-delivering, like John W. Henry and Tom Werner have spoken about previously. This once again feels like we, as fans, are being shafted while they look after number one. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm viewing this with very tainted eyes because of my disdain for John W. Henry and FSG, but I want to know your thoughts on it. How much debt do we have? Operating debt off the top of my head, I don't have the answer, but not much. Nothing even comparable to many other clubs. Nothing that isn't serviceable, nothing that is going to run the club into any trouble. So I feel like this is just once again shenanigans from FSG. And I'm trying to choose my words very carefully. AXA Training Centre must have cost a lot. It did. But you know how we were supposed to pay for some of that? 
by selling Melwood, which we did. Only for them they changed their mind and of course they bought Melwood back for the ladies team. And I'm fine with that. But again, these are things like if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, 85 million for the Annie Road extension. And I think if my memory's right, it cost 50 million to build the, the new AXA training facility. I think that was the number that was doing the rounds. So if you look at that, that's less than, well, it's, it's comparable almost to Caicedo. To one player. And Arsenal spent 100 million on Rice. So I don't understand why once again. We seem to have to cry poor mouth. At every opportunity as a football club. Um, We don't buy in January. Because the players are overpriced. But don't worry. We'll spend big in the summer. Not. But that's what they'll tell us. Said Carl. Look. Whatever we say about FSG at this point, an investment or not, I only care about what goes on on the pitch. And I think we can all agree that the rebuild so far has been pretty good. It's been pretty good. If we look at it objectively, it's been pretty good. Now, we can talk about what we've spent versus what others have spent. And we can talk about the fact that maybe if Klopp had more, we'd be even better again. But we've done quite well. So I'm fair enough with that. But we do need a centre-back. We do need another midfielder if and when Thiago moves on. And of course, you can have a conversation around a full-back then as well. So for me, I I, I just again have the questions. Are they really hungry for success as owners? Do they really want Liverpool to continue to win? Do they want Liverpool to build a dynasty? I don't in any way see how the answer is yes. Because it's always like we have to be clever. We have to be smart. We have to be the most intelligent people in the room. Never just, okay, we want a particular player, go get him. And as many of you have said, where's the Caicedo money? Because if this money was supposed to be available, how is it suddenly not available? So I guess the next couple of transfer windows will give us the answers that we need. Because look, let's be fair. The players we've brought in... Dominic Sobosloy, Alexis McAllister, Endo to some extent, although he's still a work in progress, and Gravenberg. I think that's a midfield rebuild that many of us are happy enough with. But there's still no big statement there. No big Caicedo-esque 100 million transfer that keeps you up at the level of your competitors, or at least gives you the ability to spend the level of your competitors. And once again, I don't see that from these owners. Uh, the only reason we do quite well is because of Klopp and his availability or his ability to develop players, said the Red Baron. Mate, no argument for me on that one. I think that's the best thing that FSG have ever done for us and for themselves is getting Jurgen Klopp to come on as manager. It's a masterstroke. They couldn't have wished for a better manager to come in and operate in a penny-pinching system like they do. Because of our strategy... In value for money, we're not going to buy players like United do. Um, I don't get the strategy for money like that stops us buying players like United. Nobody wants us to be scattergun like United. Nobody wants us to go out there and throw money against the wall. But running away from the Jude Bellingham signing before it even got to the decision time, I thought was embarrassing. Going in for Caicedo and then... Finding out that he'd no interest in joining us, I thought was embarrassing. So, my take on it is, 
I think they can do more. And if you look at what's available now and what other clubs are doing in the Premier League, example, the video I recorded tonight for Top of the League, I spoke about Ivan Tony and how I believe if Ivan Tony went to Arsenal in January, that makes Arsenal real title contenders. Probably about a 60 million addition and it would make them real, real title contenders. I've also looked at Ivan Tony to Chelsea and thought, would he be a difference maker there? But if I was to say to you guys now, do you think Liverpool would go out in the January market and spend £60 million on a player to help Jurgen push on to win the league title? What would your answer be? Because I can't see it happening. I can't see a world that FSG go out there and drop another £60 million in January. I could see a world where maybe we spend 20 or £30 million on Andre, but I couldn't see them having the ability to do what Arsenal are willing to do or what Chelsea may do again. That's the difference for me. If you really want to win, you will find a way. And you couldn't tell me that Liverpool aren't attractive now. Yes, you can say at the end of last season, the fact that we weren't in the Champions League for this year, maybe some players will think, are Liverpool past it? Has the magic gone? But if you look at it now, and you look at what Jurgen has done, and the vibe around the club, it's nothing but fantastic. Uh, Rachel Todd, thank you so much, Rachel, for gifting five memberships. They've gone to Chris Tasker, to Jack Something, to Ethan Precious, to Rich. Oh, no, Ethan already had one. Uh, to UK Redman and to Frankly You're Wrong, which nobody's ever said to me, dude. I wish. JC Galvanil said, thoughts on Klopp versus Postacoglu tactics on Saturday. It's going to be a very interesting game of football, JC. Um... I'm so looking forward to this game on Saturday. Just as a Liverpool fan and as a football fan, I think this could be a crazy game. And goals, it has goals written all over it for me. I'm recording the preview just after I do this stream. But yeah, I'm um, I'm excited by it. I'm, I'm a fan of Ange. I like what he's doing. I like the way he carries himself. But I also think it'll make a huge statement for us if we can go there and take the three points. It really would just solidify the start we've had to the campaign. Uh, Carl, welcome to Anfield Agenda Ultras, my friend. Appreciate your support as always. Do you think Trent will be back for it? No, I don't. And that's based off something Klopp said about why Curtis Jones played at right back. So I don't know if you've seen these comments, but Klopp always speaking about when he delivered the news to Curtis Jones that he'd be playing at right back, he'd also be captain. He spoke about the fact that he was going to put him there because Gomez wasn't available for the game and because by Cechic they said they need to ease him back in. So he then spoke about the fact that Gomez will be back for the weekend. He'll be fine for it, but never really got the commitment on Trent being available. So for me, if I was to guess, I don't think Trent starts on Saturday. He may make the bench, but... I'm going to probably have Gomez in my prediction and my preview ahead of the game. Uh, Bailey Morrison reckons this could be a game of the season contender. 5-2 to the Reds, said Alan Thomas. Uh, I'm going to stick to the Reds, 3-1, said Darkness. Well, that's the smart money now, right? 3-1 to the Reds, that's the scoreline we uh, 
we love this season. Really quickly, and this is part of the news video that went out later on as well, but Liverpool have been linked with a move for uh, Lecce defender Patrick Dorgu. Now, I'm not going to go into that too much on the stream, but it is part of the video that's coming out at 10 o'clock. So do keep an eye out for that one. What else have we got here that I have to go through? We've done them. Oh, something a little bit snide from me. So apologies in advance, Manchester United fans, but I can't help myself. Manchester United have made history this week. Manchester United have made history this week by being the most lucky SOBs you will ever see. They have had 12 successive home cup draws. 12 in a row at home. And I'm not going to for one second suggest it's anything other than luck. Because I don't believe there's any underhanded tactics going on. But they have now got 12 consecutive home draws in domestic cups. 12. And we all know the difference a home draw makes. So that's why I think they did well last year. That's why I think Ten Hag got his first trophy. I'm not totally undermining it. But if there was going to be a team that broke that record and had 12 consecutive home draws, of course it was going to be Manchester United. Of course it was. It was never going to be us. It was never going to be Arsenal. Of course it was Manchester United. 12 in a row. It's the only things in a row they'll be having anytime soon, though, so we'll allow it for them. Uh, Kloppo has been speaking about... Oh, no, actually, I'm lying to you. Endo has been speaking about playing uh, against Leicester, and this is what he said. It was a big day today as my four kids started at their new school. Well, congratulations to, to Endo and his family on that. I haven't yet uh, found out how, but I'm looking forward to hearing all about it. I'm so happy that my family are all here. Family is everything to me. I love that from Endo. And you're damn right, mate. Family is everything. And great to hear that the family are settling in. And I think we start to see the progress in Endo on the pitch as well. I was very intrigued to hear Endo speaking about the role that he's been asked to play at Liverpool. And one of the things that he said was that the position that Jurgen Klopp wants him, his starting position, is a lot more advanced than he would have played with at Stuttgart. He spoke about the fact that at Stuttgart he was basically just sitting in front of the defence. But of course the way we set our teams up, the way we press and the way Jurgen wants us to play, even our defensive midfielder will be 15, 20 yards further up the pitch because we like to condense the pitch. So we spoke about the pace of coming to the Premier League, the physicality, and of course this new starting position that Jurgen Klopp wants him to take up in-game. So great to see Endo progressing. And I guess the question I'm going to ask now, and I'll put it to the Chaffra poll, is do you think Endo starts at the weekend against Spurs? So we'll run a poll on that one, see what you guys think. I'm getting quicker with these polls, by the way. So, will Endo start versus Spurs? Over to you guys in the chat to uh, to let us know what you think. Yes or no? Again, it's a democracy here at Anfield Agenda. Oh, also, did you see an official statement put out by Getafe? Have you seen this? An official club statement. Getafe against violence, racism, xenophobia and intolerance in sport. Do you want to tell them or will I? I think that ship has sailed, lads. I think that ship has sailed. Yes, if Curtis Jones is at right back, I, I don't think he will. My reading of it 
is I think Gomez will be at right back um, against Spurs. That's my reading of Jurgen's words, but then again, I could have misinterpreted. Sorry, one sec. Right, what's this one? Okay, so this sent to me, just sent to me from Mark. Thank you, Mark. Said, exclusive from the Male Sport, Premier League and the EFL agreed to sell their TV rights together for the first time with the Football League set to receive an extra 88 million uh, this season. So there you go. Interesting. Thank you, Mark, for sending that on to me, by the way. Uh, first time they've collectively sold the TV rights. There you go. What is your looking into the January transfers window and what do you think the plan should be until then or until the summer, said John Glover. So I'm hoping that we go and bring in Andre, mate, because I don't buy... One, I don't buy into the idea of giving Thiago a contract extension. And I think, I just don't see him where he's going to get the minute. So I think Thiago could move on. And if even if he doesn't move on in January, if he leaves at the end of the season, I still feel like we'll need to bring in another body. So I think Andre makes sense. The centre-back situation, though, is the most pressing one for me. I would like to see somebody brought in to provide pressure to Virgil van Dijk. And look, Jarrell Kwanzaa, he's going to establish himself. No denying that. So if we had Kwanzaa, Kanade, Van Dijk, Gomez and one more moving forward. Because remember, as it stands, Joel Matip is due to leave at the end of the season. Albeit there are um, murmurings that Liverpool are looking to extend Joel Matip's contract. And I'm fine with that as well. But I would still suggest we need to bring in somebody to put pressure on Verge. Because I just don't have the same belief in Virgil van Dijk as I once did. I, I just don't. I can't lie, I don't. Uh, Andre and Hincapié said Roger. I can see Thiago at El Etifac. He will do well under Gerrard, said Jack. The new captain, fantastic. Come on down, Jonesy, the price is right. Always great to see him captain the team. Um, and I thought he put in a captain's performance as well. Uh, it's been great to see Curtis Jones ram my criticisms back down my throat and i mean that sincerely people often think when you go in on a player and say they're not playing well and talk about selling them that you know nothing's going to change your mind far from it i'm always open to having my mind changed i'm always open to re-looking at my opinions and curtis jones from the end of last season continued into the start of this season deserves every single bit of credit and every single bit of praise that's coming his way because he is showing the improvements and that's all we ever want if everybody is fit who's your midfield three said canters it's such a difficult question because i don't know who the six is so for instance i don't like McAllister being in the six in one sense but in another sense when McAllister's in the six, it means that you can get in Jones and Sobosly ahead. So my initial thoughts when we made the signings we did was that Endo, let's say, would be in the six or by Chechich. And then ahead of them, you would have Alexis McAllister, Dominic Sobosly, where Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones. Um, 
providing competition. So maybe that's maybe that's the case, but it's tough. But it's a good tough. It's good because there's options. And when there's options, they're the type of headaches you want your manager to have, right? Rather than how can we shoehorn the player into a position. Right now we've got Thiago, Endo, Bajcetic, McAllister that can all reasonably play in the six. You've got Sobitzlai, Elliot, McAllister, Jones, probably by Chetic, maybe Gravenberg, that can play in a 10. So, yeah, plenty of options for the gaffer. So, I, I really don't know. I'm not trying to get out of answering who's in my midfield three canters, but I need to know who the six is. Because if it's going to be Endo, fine. If it's going to be by Chetic, absolutely fine. Uh, Callum Wilson has been speaking a little bit about Mikhail Antonio and thank you again Mark for sending this on he said the fact that he made the prediction finishing above Liverpool had no goals assists or shots on target no aerial duels won lost the ball 10 times played 75 minutes before being dragged for me personally I wouldn't show my face either so Callum Wilson not holding back there on his uh, thoughts on um, Antonio um Again, let me just say, I'm assuming that these are correct quotes. If they are indeed real quotes, then shots fired. Shots fired. But you know what? If you give a Billy Big bollocks, you've got to back it up. And uh, we can all agree that Antonio, he didn't back it up. What do you think about Thiago staying on? I I, I don't want it to happen. I, I mean, myself and Steve Bland, who, who uh, you know... What I love about Steve is myself and Steve can disagree on so many things and we message each other back and forth and it never gets heeded. It always comes from a good place. But myself and Steve Bland are very, very different in our opinions on a potential Thiago Alcantara extension. I think it's the height of stupidity and he thinks that it is the most sensible thing in the world because he's a high calibre player and he does things that others can't do. So... I guess I'm going to stick to my side and say I think 10 million quid a year for Thiago Alcantara is a luxury that we do not need at this moment. And I just don't see the point. We've moved on some injury-prone players already, you know, with the, and we've moved on some ageing players with Milner, Henderson and all moving on. I don't get it with Thiago. And I say that as somebody who loves the footballer, love him. But I just don't see where he fits in in this team anymore. And I don't see that we can rely on him. And durability, reliability is something we've been lacking in midfield. And that's why last season we were scrambling around bringing in an 18-year-old in by Chetich to come in and save the season. So for me, thank Thiago for his time at the club. Wish him all the best wherever he goes. But it seems like a natural conclusion when his contract is up at the end of the season to shake hands and say, you know, best of luck. That's my take on it. I think the money can be invested better elsewhere with people with a future. Uh, Ali Nusa said he's a high caliber player but always in the hospital um, if they lower his wage massively then maybe to James W um. a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Paul said, according to Liverpool's finances and 2022 accounts, we have a debt of around $160 million. Would the investment they just got, Man United have somewhere between 500 and 600 million. So, our debt that you're speaking about there, Paul, unlike Manchester United's debt, includes the rebuilding of a stand. Um, which, if my memory is correct, I think the main stand was £115 million. I think. You know, don't hold me to that, but I think that was the number. So... Yes, that is on the club as a debt, but it's a debt to FSG who advanced Liverpool the money at, I think, just an interest rate to cover inflation, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't even view that as a real debt, mate, because over the next 15 years, that debt will be repaid from the extra bums in seats and the hospitality in the main stand. So, yeah, again, I just feel like they're just being a little bit selfish with that money that they've brought in. Honestly, maybe you view it differently and I understand it, but there always seems to be an excuse and never really did that availability, that big window, you know? What do we spend this summer all in net? Honestly, what do we spend net this summer? So we brought in about 55, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember much more. I think maybe about 55. And then we spent, what, McAllister, Sobislaw, 60... 98, Endo 16, 114, 115, Gravenberg uh, 40, let's say. So we probably spent 100 million. And that was supposed to be our super rebuild, our once-off mega spend window. Well, Arsenal spent that on Declan Rice alone. You know, and that's what we're competing against. And Arsenal aren't some petrodollar-funded rich man's plaything. They're a football club run by Stan Kroenke that has to, like anybody else, survive on what it makes. Uh, I'm Envy, said, Hi Craig, this investment news feels the same. Uh, Same old, same old. Sick of this nonsense that there will be little, nothing left for transfers. Would love to know where the money is going. Great stream, mate. Uh, Thank you for your super chat, mate. Thank you for your comments on the investment. And it's just... It feels very underwhelming to me. The whole thing, like the fact it took so long, the fact that none of us know what strategically Dynasty are going to bring to the table. Like as an example, when we were linked with, um, what were they called? Um, Liberty Media. When we were linked with Liberty Media, you could look at it and go, okay, Liberty Media, Formula One, you see what they've done with that sport. They've done the Drive to Survive deal with Netflix. And they've brought loads of fresh eyes to Formula One. So you could look at that and think with their expertise in media, maybe that's an avenue that Liverpool would have looked to uh, increase with an investment brought in. 
But I don't know much about this other group other than they happen to be minority investors in other sports clubs. That's all I know about them. So not really clear what the strategic advantage or benefit is going to be to Liverpool. We know what the benefit's going to be to FSG because it's 100 or 200 million, which they will use to write down some of the costs suffered from the pandemic, which I swear we've already had this conversation about the Jerry Cardinal money. But as I said, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, can't pick the midfield three either, said Canters. Jones has messed it all up, but in a good way. Would love to see Endo start at six in a big game to see if he's up for it. Yeah, um, I was trying to think to myself, Canters, in this big game that you're speaking about, because I do agree with you, would I rather it to be Spurs away or Brighton at home next week? And I think Spurs away. Because I think Brighton's midfield is going to have a bit more energy to it. So I think it might Spurs might suit Endo more if Klopp wants to go down that route. Where does Carvalho fit into the squad when he comes back? I'm going to go out on a limb, John, and say he's not going to come back. You know, Do you think there's going to be a place in this squad for him after some of the little comments he's made since going to Leipzig? I don't. I think that this is a shop window for Carvalho and that Liverpool will view this as a mistake from bringing him in and I think he'll go and play elsewhere that's genuinely my assessment of what I think is going to happen and I've nothing against Fabio Carvalho we were all excited when we signed him but very quickly became clear that there didn't seem to be a place for him or a plan for him to get minutes Oh, it's Brighton away. Sorry, sorry, guys. I thought the Brighton game was at home. My apologies. Obviously, my memory was off on that one. Um, well, if it's Brighton away as well, then I stand over the Spurs one. Yeah, definitely the Spurs game would be more sensible for me. But at that, I still don't know if we'll see Endo start against Spurs. Uh, have to agree, he's never playing for Klopp again, said Barry. Where do we think Carvalho's going? I'm not sure because he hasn't really, you know, set the set the world on fire yet at Leipzig. You know, they've got other players there like Danny Olmo and a couple of other um, playmakers that are, you know, maybe blocking his pathway through. But, you know, if he can't make it and get through there at Leipzig and nail down a starting place, he's not going to do it at Liverpool. Personally, do you have the confidence in Gomez that he'll pull off a good game against Spurs? At right back, yes. 100%. If he plays right back and doesn't play inverted, yes. Look at the second half against, who was it? Wolves. Where he, he didn't drift in. I think it was the Wolves game. Where he didn't drift in field. He just stayed at right back. Hooked the touch line. I thought he was far more solid. So Joe Gomez at right back. I'd have no problem with if indeed he plays there against Spurs. Um, Brighton away will be tough, said Josh Bagley. Of course, yes, they're um, they're a damn good side under De Zerbe and you know the biggest compliment you could give to Brighton is that you don't even really notice the fact they've lost the McAllister, they've lost Caicedo, they're still putting in good performances and they're still up at the top end of the league. Do you think it's possible Fabio had a poor attitude on the training pitch and Klopp wasn't having it? There has to be something because 
Klopp said that he was training well and stuff like that. Um, but it does feel like there's something that we don't know about this situation. And look, that's fine. I'm not trying to be nosy and figure it out. Like, But it does feel a bit odd. Because, you know, we waited for Carvalho as well. If you remember, we didn't get him in one window. We waited for the next window. And there just never seemed to have been a plan there, a succession plan for Carvalho when he came in. Uh, Justin said, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan for baseball. I know how you feel about John Henry. He doesn't spend at all. So, Justin, I've always said the same thing, buddy. And maybe, you know, as a, a Red Sox fan yourself, maybe you could correct me on this if I'm wrong. But my thoughts has always been, he's a Boston man. The Red Sox is his hometown club. And I know that he had success and I know he broke the curse of the Bambino and I know he's won multiple World Series there with the Red Sox. But lately, he doesn't seem to have the same desire to invest back into the Red Sox, to keep them competitive, to keep them challenging. Now, I do understand that there's a big difference between baseball and football in the finances, in everything, and lots of stuff that I don't know about. I get that. But if he's not hungry enough to keep his local club, the Boston Red Sox, competitive and challenging. What hope have we got as Liverpool fans that he's going to have any real desire to have success with us? I feel his desire and FSG's desire is only the bottom line. And maybe I have unrealistic expectations of an owner. Maybe my idealistic view of somebody owning the football club and caring and wanting success is a little bit too much. I don't know. But for me, that's my big problem. If he's not doing it with the Red Sox, what hope have we got? Uh, The Spurs game feels like it's made for Darwin to have a big impact, said Calvin. I can't wait. I don't think I've been as excited for a game of football for a while as this one. Because it just has the ingredients of just, just, you know the way in boxing you always hear the phrase styles make fights. I feel like this is making itself out for a good game. I think Spurs are going to try and catch us a pace on the counter. I think we're going to try and draw them uh, out of position. And I'm really excited by it. And I think we're in for one hell of a game on Saturday night. Uh, would you worry about the lack of a DM against City and Arsenal away, for example? I feel like we could get a battering someday. So it's still a, an area I feel we have a deficiency in. Paul, yes. And if you look at other teams around us, maybe with the exception of United, although Casemiro was a damn good player. I think if you drop the Rodri into this Liverpool team, it would be a game changer, you know, because... Attack-wise, and I include Sobosly, McAllister, Jones, Elliot in that, as well as, of course, the actual attackers. I think we're comparable with anybody. We can hold our own against any club in the world in the attacking end of the pitch. The versatility the options Klopp has, I feel like there are many managers who have an envy of that. But I do agree that we still, even though we've brought in Endo, as of yet, we don't know if he's the solution or if we're going to have to look for somebody else, or if Gravenberg will become a different type of six, or if Bicetic will come back in. So, do I feel it can cost us? Against City, potentially. Against Arsenal, not so much. Um, but it will also, like if you had a world-class DM, like a Fabinho in his, his prime, a Rodri, 
uh, I think it helps your defence out as well. You know, it takes a bit of pressure off. Do I worry about Madison? So, I'm somebody that always has the mindset of, I'd rather others worried about what we're going to do than us worrying about what they're going to do. James Madison has the ability to, to turn a game around. Absolutely. James Madison has the ability to put in a top-notch performance. But he also has the ability to flatter to deceive. And at home, yeah, I think he'll show up. I think he'll have a good game if he's okay and good to go. But I'll stand off what I said all season. I think Spurs' lack of strength and depth will be the thing that cost them over the course of a season from really challenging for a title yet. Thiago behind Mac and Dom would dominate, in my opinion, said John Williams. Yeah, but do you have any belief, John, that Thiago will be able to do that for 30 to 35 games in a season? across Even across all competitions, because I don't. Here we are in pretty much October. He hasn't kicked a football yet. He had an operation, a hip operation at the end of last season and still setback after setback in his development or in his rehab. Still hasn't kicked the ball in October. So, you know, that's almost a quarter of a season gone again where we're paying him 10 million quid a year and he's not available to us. I thought Madison might be injured. I'm not sure what his situation is. Now, he finished the game against Arsenal. Um, but there is still, I think, a little bit of concern. But I'm not going to sit here and say, I know for a fact that he's in a row of the game. I don't. Uh, who would you start? Darwin or Gakpo against Spurs? Oh, 100%. 100% Nunes right now. The dude's in form. He's flying. And... You know, even Klopp speaking about the defensive part of Darwin's game improving and his tracking back and his press, it's got to be Darwin. You have to go with Darwin against Spurs because, like somebody mentioned earlier on, it has the feeling of a potential big game for Darwin. And, yeah, I 100% Darwin for me. At least the Yankees still suck, so that's good, said Justin. I honestly haven't got a clue, buddy, about the Yankees. I don't know anything about baseball at all. Are you planning on going back on the kickoff this season? No, I'm not, Alan, no. Um, although, like, the, the door's not closed, let me say that. Like, I have nothing but respect for Brian and the team at the kickoff. There's no falling out, no bad blood, nothing. Um, I just have my own commitments at the minute to our projects and the things that we're doing. And I don't really... You know me, I'm honest to a fault. And sometimes I say things that are going to get me in trouble. But... How do I say this? I have... I had some ideas of ways that I felt we could help get the kickoff back to the level it was and its position as one of the big non-club specific channels. And I didn't feel like there was a an appetite for change. So for me, I looked and thought, if it's going to be the same thing, I don't think the channel gets back to where it should be. 
And I'm not going to say I have all the answers, far from it. But I didn't feel like... I didn't feel like I could make enough of a difference. That's probably the fairest way to say it. Um, Yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say. But I can only say this again. Brian has only ever been lovely to me, welcoming to me, is a gent of a man, and... Um, I'm always here if they need something. Nothing but fondness for the lads, honestly. Uh, Craig, is Trent fifth for the Spurs game? Do you think he will start? I feel like Joe is more solid as a defender. So, I don't know, Nikhil, the honest answer. If Trent's fifth, I think it's going to be close. My gut tells me he won't start. I think Joe Gomez will start. And if we see the same Joe Gomez that we've seen over the past, uh, you know, few games, sound. Um, I think Joe could do a fine job at right back. So, yeah, I would expect Joe to be right back for the game. Do I watch cricket? I do not know. I don't. I might watch the occasional bit of T20 or a one-day World Cup or something, but no, I'm not, uh, not big into cricket at all. Do you think Darwin has evolved his game? Yes and no. So Klopp definitely feels like there are elements of Darwin's game that have evolved, particularly around his defensive side. But I've always said I think Darwin's a confidence player and he'll score in bunches and he'll score when he's in form. And that Newcastle game, the impact he had coming off the bench to win us that game single-handedly, and that's, in my opinion, what he did, that is better than anything. Any other little bit of... Um, credit from the manager or vibe from the fans he did it he delivered he knows what he's capable of and you've got to keep playing him when he's in this type of form because he is a pest and a handful for any defense why are they having nfl games in london so there's nfl games in london in germany and in a few other places if i'm not mistaken um I think Spurs Stadium and Wembley are hosting some NFL games. And if this round, I think, is it in Berlin or Frankfurt or something, the the games in Germany? And they're just doing it to try and grow the sport around Europe, which you can't blame, though. It's fairly clever. Right, so we did ask you guys, will Endo start versus Spurs uh, at the start of the stream? And 56% think no, and 44% said yes, Endo will start versus Spurs. I'm going to quickly fly through a little bit more of the news that I haven't gone through for you guys yet. Um, Some stats from Dominic Soboslai's very impressive 25 minutes against Leicester City. Two shots, one goal, one net broken, and an XG of 0.09, which, of course... He turned into a goal because, well, he's dumb. I've already told you guys about the Jude Bellingham um, rocket post that he put on social media. What else was there? So Endo, speaking about the system at Liverpool, he was speaking to the Athletic. He said, the system is different, the game is faster, and my position here is a little bit higher than it was. 
The manager doesn't want me to just stay in front of the defenders. I have to go higher and try to get the ball all the time. Here we have to win every game, but I don't feel pressure as a result of that. I am humble, but I have the mentality that I'm here because they believe in me. It's exciting to be part of it. This is my dream and I'm enjoying it. We've done great so far. You can't help but love the dude. You can't help but feel happy by his whole development um, and situation in his life. Finally, at the age of 30 or 31, he gets the move to the Premier League that he's dreamt of all his life to a club the size of Liverpool. And it's great to hear that he's settling in, that he's enjoying life, that his family are now over, the kids are starting school. Brilliant. I'm over the moon for him. And I hope he continues to progress because we've certainly seen it against Leicester yesterday. Um, it was a real coming-of-age game where he looked like he was well up to grips with uh, English football. RFSG selling? No, but they have sold a minority stake of the football club. So, for those of you who aren't aware, let me just talk you through what happened. So, FSG have indeed finally taken on their minority investment. Uh, that investment is somewhere between 100 and 200 million, either 1.9 or 3.8% of FSG's holdings. The investment will not be used to give Jurgen Klopp transfer funds. It will be used to pay down some of the losses occurred during the pandemic. It will be used to pay down some of the debt of the football club for the likes of the uh, AXA training facility, for the Annie Road end, for the main stand, for the buying back of Melwood, obviously for the ladies team and a few other bits and pieces. So that is where we're at with FSG and I'm going to direct you back to a comment that I found on The Athletic from a gentleman called Michael. He said, while clearing our outstanding debt is fine and good, that doesn't strike me as the real purpose of this transaction. Nobody takes a year to find a 2% investor. The real purpose was finding somebody to invest at a $5 billion plus valuation. That now sets the mark for any future investors or purchasers of the club. And I don't know this gentleman, Michael, but I feel like he's absolutely nailed that. And it's almost embarrassing that it took that long to find an investor at the level we've brought on. But it gets a little bit more strange because one of the senior advisors to Dynasty Equity is David Ginsburg, an FSG partner and former director and vice chairman of Liverpool. Ginsburg has served as a vice chairman of FSG since its founding in 2002 and was a key player in the analysis, financing, negotiation and execution of FSG's acquisitions of the Red Sox, New England Sports Network, Liverpool, RFK Racing, the Pittsburgh Penguins and John W. Henry's sale of the Florida Marlins prior to his acquisition of the Red Sox. So, if they're all kind of interconnected and know each other, how the fuck did it take this long? To find that investment and again why is it such a minuscule investment that doesn't in any way benefit Jurgen Klopp or the playing side of things doesn't feel right to me and feels very underwhelming after such a long search um we should start strong against Spurs. No falling back and fight back in the second half. Be very difficult to come back against Spurs. Well, Marvin, they themselves have had to come back many times this season. So it is going to be an interesting game from that regard as well. Both teams have been known for comebacks this season. And um, yeah, we're the 3-1 king. So look, I'd take 3-1 against Spurs at the weekend if it was in our favour. 
All about valuation, like you said earlier, said Calvin. Uh, would you take Kimmich at Liverpool if he had to pay 80 million? No, not now. I think there's better players we could get for 80 million a little bit younger. Uh, look, I like the idea of Andre, you know, and if we go back in for him at a 20 or 30 million euro valuation, I think that could be a snip for Liverpool. So, you know, hopefully we follow through with that. But I think the big one that we all question is the centre-back or the defender that Jürgen wanted. Why wasn't he brought in? Did you see Angry Ginge mentioned you earlier? No, I did not. Um, no, I didn't. I, mean, I definitely have better things to be doing with my life than trawling around the likes of, I don't know where this was mentioned, TikTok or whatever. But... You know, all the best to Angry Ginge and his content creation, but um, I, I really don't mind or care what anybody has to say about me other than you guys, of course, in the chat. People are free to have opinions of me, discuss me as they wish. They don't know me. I don't know them. You know, I'm good. But no, mate, I did not see it, mate, and nor do I give a fuck, really, to be honest. No disrespect intended to the ginger gentleman in question, but, you know, I don't really care what people say about me. Unless, of course, he said that I have a 12-inch penis and the charm of, uh, I don't know, Casanova, in which case I'd be all fine for it. I'd be in total agreement with the man. How old is Andre? I think he's like 22, maybe 23. Uh, do you think Jude will still come to Liverpool in the future? I do not know. I think that ship has unfortunately sailed. Um... So the team of the round for the League Cup was being announced. And apparently the manager was Kieran McKenna. Uh, Fabianski in goal was part of the team of the week or team of the round. Dalla a right back. O'Shea and Ameson as the centre-backs. Johnson at left back. Uh, Zardari, Casemiro and Morin with Mark Ande, Gakpo and Jota. I mean, that's a bullshit team of the round, to be honest with you. Because I don't know how Jodd and Gakpo managed to get in there and Endo didn't, but okay. Uh, he's 22, so there you go. Club World Cup, what's your opinion on that? I like it. Yeah, yeah, I like the idea of the Club World Cup. I like that um, we've won it. Um, I think if, if FIFA were to try and tinker with club competitions a bit you know, and expand the Club World Cup, I wouldn't be against if you can find time for it and space for it in the schedule. Uh, fairly new football fan and naturally gravitated towards Liverpool. My two best friends support United. Well, Rob, you made the right choice, buddy. You definitely made the right choice there. So well played to you. Uh, Craig, I have a feeling we won't go for Andre. It would just be Endo until Bicetic is capable of holding down the DM role. Well, look, it might come down to what happens with Thiago. You know, if Thiago moves on, maybe there's a space there in the squad. You know, certainly a non-homegrown spot will be freed up. Our owner looks like Paul O'Grady. <laughs> Okay, isn't he dead? Didn't Paul O'Grady pass away? So John's looking like a corpse. I mean, I can kind of see where you're coming from. 
Now look, that picture that we chose for the thumbnail of John W. Henry is purely coincidental that he looks like an evil villain. Purely an accident, that, don't you know? Who do you have more hatred towards, Everton or United? So, I don't really have hatred towards either. Like, the best way I can explain it is, like everybody else, when we play Everton and we play United, I want us to win and I want us to have the bragging rights. But I don't wish any harm or bad luck on the clubs or their fans. You know, it's good to have these rivalries in sport. And Liverpool-Manchester United is one of the greatest rivalries in, in sport. End of conversation. Um, I have a competitive rivalry with United. But I respect them as a club. I respect their fans and I respect their traditions and their history. And I respect Everton as being part of the city of Liverpool. A city that I absolutely love. Full of people that I think are the closest thing to Irish people you could find outside of Ireland. And from that regard, I want the city of Liverpool to do well. So, you know, Everton finishing 17th every season, as an example, would would be fine with me. Just teetering a little bit above relegation. Do you think Kelleher will stay at Liverpool for the future? Truth is, I don't know. But I'm glad that he stayed this season. And I'm glad that he's getting the games. I'm glad that Klopp's given him the Europa League group stages anyway. I'm glad that he's getting the League Cup. Um, I think he deserves that for staying at the club. I think we play better when Jota plays up top and Gakpo's on the wing. Um, I do agree, Paul. I like the idea of Gakpo drifting out left. Um, Jota's a weird one. Because... I feel Jota is going to be a super sub for us. I don't really feel we get the full benefit when he starts, but he has this knack of scoring. And I think he's a fine player to be able to bring off the bench if you're in need of a goal. Um, but I don't see him forcing his way into the front three anytime soon on a regular basis. When is the preview coming out? I'm going to record it in the next... 15 20 minutes mate and it will be out tomorrow morning so uh, there's a news video ready to go that's going to be going live as soon as i finish this stream this will go on to members only and then the news video will go live and then tomorrow the preview will be live for the spurs game also don't forget to check out a new video we put up on top of the league if you haven't subscribed to top of the league yet it is our brand new channel it's the one that we're going to be covering non-liverpool stuff on you can scan the qr code on the screen or you can just go to the description of this stream you'll see a link to top of the league the video itself is pinned right now to the top of the live chat if you want to click on it when we're finished it's uh, about ivan tony and why i think he'd be a kingmaker for certain teams in the premier league and also it's one of my favourite ever thumbnails that we've done on any of our channels. Uh, it's beautiful. I love it. And if nothing else, go check out the thumbnail and let me know your thoughts. Local to the area, I'd say Everton all day long. Have family or blue noses, but they're bitter and twisted. Oh, David, look, I get it. If you grew up around Everton fans, went to school with them, have family who are Evertonians, 100% would... would Definitely understand your thought process there, mate. Um, and look, that's something that I have to admit, you know, not being from the city, that's not something I've ever really encountered. There are not too many Everton fans over here, albeit there are some. So for for me growing up, the rivalry in school and playing football with mates was always Liverpool United, you know, because success. 
Um, so, but I do totally under, understand and appreciate where you're coming from. Would you take Alfonso Davies at Liverpool if he's going to want to leave Germany one day? Yes. And I'd also love Jamal um, Musiala if, if ever he wants to come and play in the Premier League. Leah said it's an awesome thumbnail. Thank you. It's one of my favourites. You know, so every so often Ben or Connor will show me a thumbnail and I'll be just like, wow. But yeah, this one, I, I really like the thumbnail for that video. So please do go across and watch it, my friends, because... Uh, I really like the content that I'm getting to make over on top of the league. It's nice to be able to to speak about football from a broader context as well, of course, as my very uh, steely-eyed focus on Liverpool. It's nice to talk about it in general because, yes, I'm a Liverpool fan, but I'm also a football fan and I love the sport. Uh is it subscribers only content for the preview? No, 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 no. No, the only thing at the moment that's subscribers only is I do a tactical breakdown as such after the game, the day after for people. And when we do the live streams and we're finished the live streams, the nightly news ones, that then goes on to members only for, for people being able to watch it back. But all of our content's available to everybody outside of that especially the live stream like this is the way we look at it. like if you catch the live stream when you come in and it's part of your daily routine brilliant it's there for everybody if you can catch it well you've got to be a member to watch it on playback if you want to do that later on um but the preview is now there for everybody mate they will be uh, up tomorrow i think Connie usually puts them at about midday if i'm not mistaken thoughts on the carabao cup draw uh could have been worse you know when you look at the cup draw immediately you think to yourself well i want the home draw because you know, it's an easier draw. And also, you know a lot of people who are in the auto cup scheme. And some of these guys, you know, the only time they can get to a game is if they get a home draw in the cup. So immediately, I'm always looking for the home draw. But outside of that, look, Bournemouth away, not the easiest of games by any stretch, but should be a game we can navigate. And also, the other two uh, standout games in the draw, uh, Manchester United against Newcastle and West Ham against Arsenal means two Premier League clubs at a high level are going to be knocked out. So, again, with Manchester City going out, one of United and Newcastle going to go out and one of West Ham and Arsenal going to go out, you know, the chances of us going further and further into the competition increase. So, good draw. Not the, not the best, not the worst, but good. Could have been a lot harder. Uh, if you like football, why did you do a Man United watch along? I see what you did there, Craig. I see what you did. Sometimes I just need to punish myself. Think of it as my penance, mate. Right, so a few stats from Nunes per 90 minutes. Uh, and thank you to Craig's Apple Crumble on Discord for posting this and for Mark for sending it on. It's per, per 90 minutes in the Premier League how Nunes has raised his game. So his goals in 22-23 per 90 minutes were averaging at 0.57, where they're now averaging at 1.16. His assists, 0.15 last season to 0.58 this season. Expected goals, 0.71 last season, 1.11 this season. Um, shot conversion percentage, last season he was at 12.7%. This season so far at 21.1%. Minutes per goal last year was 157.7 minutes per goal for Darwin. This season it's 77.8 minutes per goal. 
Uh, average shots per game, 4.5 versus 5.5 now. Touches, 36.2 last season versus 43.1 now. Big chances, 1.5 per game in last season, 3.2 per game this season. And big chances scored, 0.5% last season, 0.9% this season. So, there you go. You can see it without any doubt that Darwin's levels have raised. And again, thank you to Mark and to Craig Zeppel Crumble for sending that in. I love that our Discord become part of the show and send in stats and stuff for me to discuss. I really do appreciate that. Do you think Darren can get 20 plus goals this season? Oh God, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Even last year for his first season, if you look at it, people tried to write it off as a horrendous season, but they're comparable numbers to Mane's first season and they're comparable numbers to Suarez's first season. So I was never in doubt about Darwin. For me, it was just going to be a matter of time and I'm fully behind him. I think he will be a success at the club and I love him. I love his fight. I love his work rate and I just really really want the lad to succeed have you any idea what my chances are for getting tickets for a member's ballot in November uh, I mean I can't come up with a percentage for you Paul um, I wouldn't be holding my breath that's what I would say to you mate um, it's so hard like I hate it when people go to me when's the last time you went to a game asshole or you know, why don't you go to the games? Like, it's very easy for us all to get tickets. Like, if there's one thing I think unilaterally, as Liverpool fans, we'll all agree on, is getting harder and harder and harder to be able to go to a game without paying through the nose or lining the pockets of a tow or a travel agent that's asking for, like, crazy money. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's a rare treat these days if you get a chance to go. Right, my friends, I am going to call that a night and I'm going to go record the preview for the Spurs game, which will be out tomorrow. We will be live tomorrow night as always. Appreciate your support. And please do go across and have a watch of that Top of the League video where I speak about Ivan Tony. You can watch it by clicking on the link at the top of the live chat right now or just go across to the description of the stream. You'll find the link there for Top of the League. Or you can just scan the QR code. But either way, appreciate your time as always. Uh, news video coming out straight away as well here on Anfield Agenda so keep your eye out for that one thank you so much for giving up some of your night to have a chat with me I really appreciate it if you're going to watch the NFL later on enjoy it if not I will see you guys same time same place tomorrow Hold up what was that? Boring no flavour that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.